Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane and back with me today is my friend Lori Vick, which we spoke roughly a month ago about her dedicating her life to fitness, not only for herself, but helping others. If you have not listened to that podcast, please go find that. I will also link that um, here so you can find the link underneath uh, this episode. But today we're going to talk more about food. So welcome, Lori, back with me today. Thank you so much, Sarah Jane. I'm so excited that we had so much fun last time. We actually want to continue the conversation. Definitely. (laughs) I know. I love it. And the cool thing is that there's so many topics that we can discuss over health. Um, So I think we have plenty of episodes that we will be doing. But I think with food, I think food is a good place to start because food is such an emotional issue for people. That is so true. And I just want to make sure that your audience knows today that this is all impromptu from me. (laughs) You have not cued me on any of these questions or answers. (laughs) We don't even know what we're doing. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. And I absolutely love it because when you texted me and said we were talking about food like an hour ago, I said, yay, that's my favorite subject. (laughs) I'm so excited. So, um, you know what, I was thinking about it, um, and you just segued into it, and I love it, because one thing I find as a nutrition coach, for one, because people know what I do in, you know, when I go to a party or a gathering or something like that, people already know what I do for a living for the most part, it's, you know, um, people I know, and, um, I'm an elitist when it comes to food because I have a lot of food allergies. So um, really, I don't have a lot of room to roam in my own diet. So a lot of times I'll have to take my own food, which is a hard transition in your mind to not feel like you're insulting the host or hostess by taking your own food. Um, So it's it causes me a lot of anxiety a lot of times to. I don't know, just to try and connect with the people and let them understand that a lot of the choices I make are just for my health and really aesthetics has nothing to do with it. So, um, you know, and it's a place of humility and um, with respect to the fact that food can actually be our medicine. Um, So that was some of the things that I was thinking about just because Um, recently I was actually at a gathering with people that we actually care about a lot. So I would never want to hurt their feelings or make them feel insulted that I had to bring my own food, but yet I did. Mm -hmm. So everybody sat around eating the food that was prepared by the chef in the house. (laughs) And I had my little prep meal, which, you know, I, I prompted them beforehand and told them that that's what I needed to do. But the reality for me right now is I am feeling way too good to test the waters on anything I don't know, you know, I don't want to do anything unknown right now. Mm -hmm. So my issues are autoimmune and you can go along and feel great and feel great and feel great and then not feel great. And we don't necessarily always know the triggers, but I know what food triggers me and I stay away from it. And if it's something I don't know, I just don't test it anymore. So I hope I didn't go too deep too fast. No, Sarah. not at all. Did you, did you family? Do you bring food then for your family or is it just for you? Yeah, so that's a great question. I have a son who has a seizure disorder. He's 19. And one of the things that I do for him, I 
we want to stay away from a lot of the neurotoxins like MSG, which is a common preservative in lots of different foods. Um, a lot of fast food and fast 90% of fast food has MSG. I always encourage people, including my children who are nearly grown now, but they've grown up reading food labels. I encourage people to read them, know what's in your food. For me, one of my top rules is if it has more than five ingredients, I 95% of the time say no to it. Although I will say that last time we talked about not a moo, <laughs> That was one of my favorite vegan ice cream and primal foods is another one of my all time favorites. And they make a dressing called green goddess. (laughs) (laughs) It goes on everything. But um, as far as my kids and family go, yes. uh, My husband is, he has Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. So that's certainly something that we want to address with proper food choices and uh, gluten or wheat is one of the number one triggers for the immune system in terms of a Hashimoto situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I have experts around me that answer all these questions for me. So I don't have to answer them. You know, I don't have to float the boat all the time, but Mm -hmm. I do know nutrition and I know what isn't correct. And I, you know, know what's correct. And in that arena. So, um, I let other people treat my family, but as far as nutrition goes, I feel very confident that I know what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. So I do take the food. I have a son who's nearly 18 and he kind of has an iron stomach. He can eat, you know, he still eats healthy, but he can eat. He has a lot more freedom. He has no health issues or anything that stops him from eating whatever he wants. And he's an athlete. So he burns a lot of calories and he's still growing. So I don't really have to as much for him as it's not as vital. If we go somewhere, he can, you know, make choices and eat the food. But um, if we're going a day to the, to the lake or fishing or do something away from the house, I prepare meals for everybody and just make sure that I always have the food. So um, I know you just went on vacation mm-hmm. for a long time and mm-hmm that's a challenge to try and bring food and prepare food and find ways to prepare the food while you're on the road, basically. Mm -hmm. So you brought a lot of snacks, like nut bags and stuff like that, that we could snack on because when you stop to get gas, a lot of people want to go in and, and grab food. And I'm not saying we are definitely not as strict as you are. And I, um, I work at getting better and better because we learn, we grow and whatnot. So um, we definitely make a lot of different choices than other people. And here's where I'm finding, and I think other people might be able to relate to this. So um, I I was working out one day and I just wore a sports bra and shorts. And then I was sitting in this exact spot working on my computer and my 10 year old comes up and he grabs, grabs my tummy. And, um, I was like, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, well, look at this. And I said, yeah, well, it's not that big because like, I don't, right? well, I'm not, not extremely obese. You're not at and, all. You're very yeah. fit right now. And I'm very proud of you, by the way. Well, thank you. And I, yeah. I, I will always be transparent with you because I have a lot of work that I would personally like to do, but so he's doing this and he is super, I mean, they have abs and And, you know, I don't have a stomach like that. And so he was kind of judging me. And I said, remember, crew, I have had three babies 
And he said, yeah. And I said, and I do want you to know that I am happy in my skin. And he's like, oh. And I said, just because a person doesn't have a stomach like yours doesn't mean that they're not happy in their body. And I really felt like it was a good teaching moment purely because he knows, because he knows I talk to you. He knows the goals I have. He hears what I say to my husband, but I need him to know that A, it's not attainable for everyone. B, people do as, as best they can do. And I just wanted to make sure that he knew that it doesn't matter what size package we're in. Like we have to be comfortable in our skin, right? That is so true. And that encompasses so much. Um, what I'm thinking when you're saying that is, you know, we, as women, we have unlimited potential. If we want six pack abs, we will get them. But at what cost? Sometimes the cost is very high. And when you have small children, um, you need a lot of energy to take care of your children. You need a lot of energy to be present in every single moment. Mm -hmm. And you need enough energy that you say, if you want to go to Colorado for a week, you have it and you can do it. And if you're always, if a person, you or me or anybody uh, is always worried about the look or the aesthetics of it, the, the pressure never goes away. That never goes away. And so I don't know how much fun that ends up being at the end of the day sometimes. Right. So if it's a, if it's a slow process, it's much more attainable and you can keep it, you know, it's a lot um, less from mm -hmm. is a look that we want, but we do all come in different packages. And what I hear you saying to your son, and this is something that I say to myself, and I've said it to my own children, and I just try to remind myself, we are not tied, our self-worth is not tied to a look or a number on a scale mm -hmm. or how many packs we have on our abs or mm -hmm. any of those things. And you have to love yourself where you are. We all have to love ourselves right where we are. Or honestly, it won't matter if we get the six pack abs, because when we get them, it won't be good enough. We'll just be wanting the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and it'll never be good enough. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I have my clients take photos is not to ridicule themselves when we start, which is what we all do. You know, we just mm -hmm. want to look at ourselves and, and cut ourselves down and say how we don't like any of what we're looking at. But the thing about it is I wish we could take those photos and I really try to encourage us all to do it. Take those photos and love yourself. Tell yourself this girl in this photo brought three children into the world. This girl in this photo, you know, carries me through life. And what has she been through that she looks like she looks, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but there's death, there's life, there's, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of things that cause stress and, and change and life is seasonal. And we talked about that last time, mm -hmm. but in the end, if we're not happy where we are, then we're not going to be happy anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So to accept ourselves where we are and love ourselves and not ridicule what we look like when we start a new journey, I think is really where the real change starts and the real growth mm -hmm. begins for, you know, being stronger and looking what we think is better. And I think it's super okay to have a vision of what you want to look like. And it's super okay to say, I don't like 
what I'm looking like right now, mm-hmm. or I don't like this part of me or whatever. Th- that's okay. As long as we keep it in check, as long as we yeah. remember that our self-worth is not tied to the extra skin on our stomachs because we have three children and it's not tight yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's a valid, I think it's very valid. Our children grow up in a society where looks are have a lot of emphasis. So mm-hmm. to guide them through moments like that, where we can be that voice of encouragement and say, you're important because you're here. You're beautiful because God made you the way he made you. And that's final. You know, mm-hmm. if you're somewhere, you belong there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, And we yes. just had a birthday. Dan Parker had a birthday and he had requested a meal. Um, And so, but I did hear him say, well, I suppose you're not going to eat with us because that's not on your diet. And so I was like, oh, and that that burned, that kind of of hurt my feeling. And I don't really have a lot of feelings. And I said, said, (laughs) I'm not on a diet. I said, that is the lifestyle I've chosen that I just don't eat certain things. I said, but no, I'm, I'm going to eat supper. And I don't know, he was like so excited. And I thought, does it, he really am I really missing out on that much for them? Because this is also an issue. I try to make one thing that we can all eat. Sometimes I can't do that because if I'm going to make cod, well, they do like cod. I guess I shouldn't say that, but, um, but there's certain things that I make that they're not necessarily going to eat that Ryan and I would eat. So how can we make that a little more cohesive? So it's not like this is what mom is eating and dad is eating and you are eating this hot dish or whatever. How, how can I make that? So it doesn't seem so dramatic. So, you know, I didn't have as many limitations when my kids were little, as far as what I couldn't eat. So, I mean, now for me, it's really not, there's, it wouldn't matter if it disappointed them or not. I can't do it. I can't do it because I, I would have symptoms that stop me from being able Mm -hmm. to enjoy my life. And I mean, it's small stuff. I really sometimes don't know what it is, but ingredients are not my friend. So I really am on a whole foods diet and a mine is 98% vegan, which is very challenging to get your nutrition in. So I don't really guide too many people on a vegan diet just because it is very challenging. And there's so it's, you know, so different for each person, but I feel better that way. And right I feel better the way right now. And as long as it stays like that, I just want to, you know, keep sailing forward. But, um, that's a really good question. And the way I cook for my family, so they're not small, but I cook every single day. I prepare my husband's meals. He is away from home every day. You know, he, uh, works outdoors for a living. He fishes and hunts. He does an outfitter, um, business. So I prepare his meals every day, like the night before, he leaves for work. So every morning when he wakes up, because he wakes up at three 30 or four in the morning, sometimes I have his shake, his, um, nutrition shake ready for him. And I put mine in a ball jar in the fridge. So all he has to do is shake it up because everything settles and then just drink it down before he goes. And it's got all of his B vitamins. It's got all this, you know, nutrition in it. I do that. And then I prepare his food for the, the day, make sure that his meals are prepared and I, you know, prepare 
my meals at the same time. So I don't get so hungry and just eat whatever's available because that's how I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think a lot of us do it if we're busy and hungry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's appropriate for me just to go fly by the seat in my pants. Right now it isn't, but that's okay. These are choices I want to make. But when I'm cooking for my family, that is, those are some big things I do. I prepare ahead to make sure that he doesn't just eat random when he's not here. And that's not control. That's Hashimoto's we're trying to put in remission. And, you know, that's a serious thing. It's when the autoimmune attacks its own thyroid and you don't, that's not going to be a good outcome if it continues. And food is certainly medicine and it can be put into remission with proper eating. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing I do too, though, to cook for the whole family, I'll I'll cook like a big pot of beans and um, quinoa, for instance, and leave that on the stove to make sure that that's readily available for whoever wants food. My kids eat all day. (laughs) My family eats all day. So I always am multitasking around food, but, um, you know, I kind of cook in bulk like that. Or I will cook a few pounds of ground turkey and season it like uh, tacos, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I'll put it in the refrigerator and then my boys can come and um, we have like organic tortillas and they'll slap them, slap that meat on an organic tortilla, a little bit of raw cheese from our local dairy and it's a taco. So I, I do a lot of weird little tricks like that to keep Mm -hmm. the food flowing, but it's not that much work for me. It's really not constant work for me because I try to prepare ahead with little kids. I would say maybe it would be fun to prepare like a menu, like Tuesday's taco night or, Mm -hmm. you know, Wednesday is a meatloaf night and then make swaps for yourself let's say because we're talking you know you're asking the question and there's a million other people asking the same question moms who have little kids I think if you made a menu and you knew what the menu was ahead of time that would be a really good way for you to then if you want to eat the meatloaf make it what you can eat it make it gluten-free and they won't even know they won't know (laughs) or you can do you could do sourdough breadcrumbs because that's a fermented food and it's not if you're not gluten intolerant and it's all the right ingredients it it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. um you know but just make those swaps without them realizing what it is organic tomatoes just all the things that go into it and then you're still having a family meal um i think too food sourcing is a big one if you're eating baked mm-hmm. potatoes at dinner and they're all organic you can eat that they can eat that everybody's happy or you know mashed potatoes or i don't know you know whatever uh, needs to be on the menu. Um, like we like Tex-Mex, um, Texas and Mexican food is Tex-Mex and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. So I do organic tortillas. I make a chicken enchilada plate that everybody loves. And it wouldn't matter if I took it to a place that people don't care what they eat, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not that elitist about their food choices. Mm -hmm. They would eat anything that was good. And, if I make that dish, no one can tell the difference if it's healthy or not, if it's healthy or not. And it is really delicious and it's very healthy. It's properly sourced chicken, um, an organic sauce that I found I can actually get at Natural Grocers, which is a local uh, organic grocery store here. You can do uh, raw dairy. I have a local dairy or just a local dairy that you have is a properly sourced dairy for you. And those and uh, the organic wheat tortillas 
and it doesn't have yeast. So that's another, sometimes that's another trigger for people that maybe aren't gluten intolerant, but the yeast is sometimes a, a trigger. So for food allergies, but you know, those are some ideas I can think of off the top of my head. Just make a menu where it is okay for you to eat it, mm-hmm. but it just requires, I know, and you have a career as you're a full-time chiropractor, correct? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have a full-time job as a mom and you're a wife and you run a home and you run several businesses. So it's planning sounds like a great idea, but sometimes you know, you have to set aside time. You actually have to plan time to plan. <laughs> and that's and true. That's it so is true. true. So, and there aren't enough hours in the day, yeah. but just to find balance, you know, with all that too, is a challenge in and of itself, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. it's worth mm-hmm. it because our food is our fuel and it is the, it mm-hmm. is the, those are the building blocks for our children's future to care what that goes in their bodies. And you know what? I think too, I, I, I mentioned earlier, my children, they know how to read food labels. I mean, they grew up with me in the grocery store, standing in the aisle, reading the food label, what is in it and debating whether or not this is something that we would put in our cart. Mm-hmm. Now, when, you know, they were little, that was something that I was able to use as a teaching tool to say, they know MSG is a no-no. And they, if they get hold of it, they immediately start calling out, well, <laughs> I, I, my allergies are kicking in. It's the MSG I ate, you know, <laughs> they know, yeah. they know, but I love that they know. And I don't know if I said this on our last podcast, but my son who's 17 went to spend the night with friends and I may not have said this, but this is a story I tell and it's funny, but it's a big eye opener as well. He's 17. He went to spend the night about six months ago with friends, a sleepover and they had junk food and he had never heard of Funyuns and um, there were like a bagged chips kind of fake mm-hmm. onion chip mm-hmm. so um he had never heard of it nor <laughs> had he ever tasted it and his friends were in shock because they were like where have you been that you don't know <laughs> these foods so they they of course inducted him into the <laughs> club of funyun eating and he so he kind of went on a junk food binge for about 24 hours and and he's a very accomplished pianist. He's a, an athlete, a high level uh, mountain biking athlete. So he's very active and he's very smart. And he's got lots going on. And he, he came home and he was like an 80 year old man. His joints were hurting. He couldn't think straight. He couldn't really do much for a couple of days till he recovered. Wow. And you know, he couldn't play piano because he couldn't get his thoughts straight. He really, he couldn't ride because he felt terrible. And, you know, it was funny to us because we knew he wouldn't live like that and he'll be fine and just drink water and rest up until it goes out of your system. But it was an eye opener for me to think about all the children who, all the adults, all the people who eat like that every single day, And don't give it a second thought. And the problem is if we don't remove it from our diets, we don't really know what it's doing to us Mm -hmm. because we don't know the difference. So, you know, 
people that are living feeling 50% of what they could feel and they don't even know it. I guess that is where my passion stirs from is the education that I feel is unfinished or somehow it needs to be said differently or from a different mountaintop or whatever it is to get, just to put that message out there and not browbeat people with it, but Mm -hmm. coming from just real people and real messages to say, we were created to feel amazing. And if you're not feeling amazing, then it needs to be fixed. It should be addressed and it needs to be fixed. And there are answers. There are true, real, legitimate answers. And they don't involve giving up every, you know, this whole mindset of we're going to give up everything we love. That isn't, it doesn't have to be like that. In fact, you fall out of love with these things that are poisoning you. If you make the change. Yes. It comes to a point where some of it really just does not taste good anymore and you don't crave it because, and I think people need to realize that sometimes that stuff, it does have so many ingredients in there that makes you addicted to it, especially the sugar. And it's difficult when you first give it up, but then after you've given it up, you really, you do feel better, but it is, you're detoxing your body from it. You know, if you're used to having a Snickers every day and now you're going to stop, you know, maybe you need it's to wean. True. Maybe you need to do one Snickers every other day, one Snickers a week until you can give it up. Because if people try to do everything at once, a lot of times they just give up because it's too overwhelming. Yes, it has to be sustainable. So that is a big one. It's sustainability. And sustainability for one person may not be the same as it is mm-hmm. for another. Uh, the Another thing too about if you take away the Snickers, let's say we're using that as an example, uh, and you start feeling better, without it and you add it back because you think you want it again Mm -hmm. it might still taste amazing and delicious Mm -hmm. it might still really be incredible and probably will be if it's a snickers but Mm -hmm. it the symptoms that you had when you ate that way every day you know we weren't aware of it when we had it every day but those symptoms come back almost instantly if we add something back that has been removed from our diet that is negative for me you know if it's a trigger food if I ate a slice of pizza from the local pizzeria (laughs) I would probably have a a migraine within about five minutes and it would probably last for several days and it wouldn't be the kind of headache you can push through and live your life. It would be the kind that push you to bed. So mm-hmm. that I feel grateful for because I would eat the pizza. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I didn't have the symptoms, mm-hmm. I'd still give in and eat some pizza. Mm-hmm. I just have that thing in my head that says, no girl, no, you want to feel amazing. And you know, you won't, if you have it, mm-hmm. but I, I wish I could also convey that, that the only reason I appear to be stronger, it, it's really a, a facade. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me not having those. I stand completely wanting it and being obsessed with it. And, you know, mind cravings is what I call them. And, you know, that's what they are because I still remember what junk food tastes like. I, Mm -hmm. I dream about it and talk about it with my kids (laughs) and, you know, I I tell them what I'm thinking about and, and they know it's just a, it's just a pipe dream. (laughs) (laughs) When people don't, 
first of all, I think that this makes you much more real that you're thinking about the food. So yes. <laughs> all the time, girl. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when a person doesn't eat. So with, with me working with Lori, I've lost 20 pounds and I've been able to keep it off. And Yikes. yes, and I feel really good. Her and I've had this, this this discussion. It is toning at this point. I do not want to lose any more weight. I've already gotten some comments from people saying, do not lose more weight. Okay. Thank you. Thank you everyone for your opinion. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty healthy. So I'm, I'm, an, you know, um, I'm not looking to be stick thin. That's not my purpose. My purpose is I'm a chiropractor who encourages people to live better. Um, I'd be pretty hypocritical if I didn't. So that's where Lori come in. But here's the issue. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but Ryan every now and then will say, I'm going to text Lori and tell her what you're doing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> slow your roll. Because if I'm not hungry, I don't necessarily eat or I'll just eat something small. And I'll say, but I'm, I'm really not hungry. And if we don't have something before in my life, maybe I would have grabbed a handful of tortilla chips, you know? Oh, yes. I just want something to snack on. I, I don't do that anymore because in my mind, it's not really satisfying taste wise. I know it's not doing anything for me. And I'm not saying that I won't have some chips and salsa because I would be lying if I said that, but I'm not, I will not just grab empty calories just to eat anymore. And I'm happy about that. But when a person is not hungry, are, do you have to eat? Where are we at on that? Yeah, and that was a question you asked me. And so that's kind of a loaded question because it depends on what your goals are. Yeah. It, it kind of depends on what your goals are. So I love that you're saying you wouldn't just grab random empty calories. No. That would be mindless eating. And it's not because you're hungry, it's because maybe, and I know you don't get bored because you don't have enough extra time to get bored. But don't get bored much. No. You get maybe mentally bored like you know sometimes you just want to eat to get your, it's comfort yeah. it's comfort and i i mean i am no different so i completely understand um i think so that's a great decision to make is just no random empty calories there's just no need if it doesn't benefit you it shouldn't really go in your mouth mm. um if you're eating and you know, everything you're eating is healthy and you go through a phase where you're less hungry that may. So when I experienced that, one of the things about my process is I have, especially over the last year, really coming back to a place of strength and, and healing and growth and that, you know, I've had to go through what, listen to my body, like instead of bossing myself around, <laughs> I let my body tell me what it was supposed to do. And uh, my instincts are good. Mm -hmm. and trust myself, learn to trust myself again. Um, and, you know, so one of the things that I find is appropriate for me over these past few months would be to, it's almost like you, well, when I start to get obsessed with food and I'm just hungry every minute and nothing makes me happy. And when I eat, I'm still hungry and, you know, just really feeling like I'm never satisfied. I feel almost like I need to load up on the good foods. I always eat the good stuff, but I eat extra stuff like, okay, hummus. 
that is kind of a treat for me, but it's still healthy and amazing. It's just got ingredients. So I don't eat that on a regular, but when I go through one of my load phases where I am just obsessed with hunger and I want to fix that hunger, I want to fix the hunger because if, if you live hungry too long, your body really, it slows your metabolism down. Right. Your body doesn't trust you to do what it deserves. So it will slow everything down until you step it up. So to fix that hunger, I don't take anything to suppress it. I eat the food until it stops. And sometimes that happens in a day. And sometimes it takes five days. You know, that's a lot of eating. I mean, that's a lot of change, but, um, just decide that I'm going to have all the avocados and all the hummus I want and all the, you know, just eat all the food all the time for Mm -hmm. three or four or five days. But that being said, when I do that, I go through a phase after that where I, food is almost, it's not repulsive to me, but it's not the most important thing anymore. And that's how I know that I've fixed it. And, and, and during those phases, I can go without food. I'm not even trying to fast or I, I, it's nothing to do with dieting or anything like that. It's just my, my digestion doesn't want it. It doesn't seem like a good idea. I feel amazing without eating. And so I'm just going to listen to my body and say, I don't eat that right now. Um, and that was really one of your questions, you know, that, and that isn't intermittent fasting. That is just intuitive eating Mm -hmm. or intuitive not eating. Mm -hmm. I do. And I do intermittent fasting in my own plan, in my own life. I actually go from cutting myself off at night between 4.30 PM, which is a really strict day, or somehow I go between 4.30 and 7.30 at night. That's the choices of windows that I have for intermittent fasting. And I don't start eating again until usually about 9 a.m. So I go between a six and eight hour window of eating right now during the day. And that's how I feel the best. And the thing about it is going away, going along like that, though, that does you can't stay there for a really long time without doing what I call a refeed or a refuel or that load that I Mm -hmm. referred to earlier. So, you know, maybe you go five days really strict like that, and then you refuel over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way that, and so you want to really go by energy, how much energy, if you're skipping meals and you feel great, that's totally fine. I mean, then you're doing what your body wants, but Mm -hmm. if you're skipping meals and you're starting to run out of energy and you're starting to lose mental clarity and, or you're not sleeping well, or just any of those things, you know, because hunger, keeps you awake. If you're hungry and you go to bed, so, so hungry, if it's keeping, if it's interrupting my sleep, then I need to change it. I need to tweak it a little bit. Um, now that doesn't mean like there's a window. If I cut off my eating at five o'clock by 9 PM, I don't want to watch any commercials that have food involved. (laughs) Nobody make me smell any food or, you know, I'm just, that's discipline though. That's just me choosing discipline. It's nothing. No one's making me do it. And it's because I have goals I want to reach. I just, Mm -hmm. I, that's just a choice I'm making. And so secretly, I like it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) secretly, because I know it's going to render a result that I want. And I'm grateful that I can right now because when things flare, um, it, 
I'm at the mercy. My body tells me what it requires and I'm at its mercy and, and I will obey. But right now that's, that's the plan that I'm on right now. It's just intermittent fasting for, you know, um, eating a six to eight hour window is what I'm doing. So skipping meals, I would assess energy. If your energy is low, it's not correct. If you are loaded up and you feel great and it's just what is appropriate, then I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you're trying to implement changes in the physique and really just focused on the physique changes, then you know, we really have to be on a more steady schedule in terms of manipulating change. Because if your eating is too low, the muscles will be really flat. And, you know, so it depends on where you are in your process and what you want out of the process. So what you're talking about is to have daily energy and feel great. And if it's okay to skip meals, yes, I think our digestion needs a rest. Mm -hmm. And I think it demands it sometimes. And I think so many times people don't listen to the messages from their body and do what you referred to earlier, which is grab the chips because it's chip time. (laughs) Well, and it's handy. Okay. So then with the last question I'm going to ask you is what do you think the biggest misconception is about food Mm. for the average person? Yes. Biggest misconception. I, I am just going to stream of thought answer that because I don't, I don't know. I would have to pull people and ask questions. Maybe, you know, I'm not really sure what those misconceptions are. What are their thoughts? But I know that the, okay, so it's almost like the judgment that comes on me, let's say, when I go to a, a party or a, a gathering where I'm not eating the food, it, they can't help it. People can't help it. I understand it. It's just odd. You know, I'm just doing something different and outside the norm. And so it's not intended to be ugly towards me. It's just curious. It's so curious. And so I end up answering hundreds of questions about what I eat and why I'm doing it. And just, you know, if we're doing dishes together, the conversation is going to be about the food that I'm not eating and eating. And what do I do at home? Do you think that that when they ask you those questions, do you think that they, do you think the average person feels maybe not threatened, but maybe less informed or yes, insecure I, about it? I, I think there's a certain amount of it only because it's, you know what? I think it's like a, um, they're waiting for me to say, you need to give up X, Y, Z in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so they can argue why that'll never happen. No. And it's almost like before we ever get to that, cause we never do, they don't ever want to ask that question, whoever they are. It, it never usually comes up, but it'll always be, well, my buddy had a girlfriend that was vegan and he put her on, or, you know, she put him on a rabbit diet and right. that was, cool, you know, so it's kind of a dig on um, your poor husband and your, your poor children and yes. your poor family that you aren't enjoying the good things in life or, you know, whatever uh, yeah. the good food the exciting good food but i will say this the generally the ones asking those questions i you know i don't know 
we can't control, we're not going to live forever. We're not going to live forever. We know this as a fact, but I just want to live and feel amazing. And I feel like if somebody's asking me those questions and they have a lot of health issues or whatever, I, it, in my heart of hearts, I wish I could just lovingly tell them one message, you know, just that food is our medicine and that what you're eating is poison and that why would you ever eat it even once? Why even once? Somebody please answer that question for me. Why is it that on your birthday or on Christmas, and this is not a popular message right now, I am losing, <laughs> I am losing friends and followers as we speak, but I'd like for someone to tell me why is it that we put our health second on those days. Cause I know everybody does or people do and all people I love and respect. And it's not me judging someone else. It's just that I don't, I don't understand it because our health is so important and so sacred and our food should be sacred. And so I just don't understand why we would ever put our health in jeopardy for the, you know, and I know there are so many things to that, where you are, if you're in the middle of nowhere and, you know, a gas station is all you have to eat and you're starving. I mean, you're going to have to pick the best choices, but, but that's still mindful eating. You're still mindful, but you're not just doing the same things day after day after day and not, not really giving it any concern because you just like it. You like it you know, or not thinking about how it's benefiting or not benefiting your health. So those, I think the misconceptions are, maybe those are the things that I would like to leave everybody with. Just be mindful of what goes in our bodies. Be so mindful of it and realize you're so worthy. You're so worthy. You should be caring for yourself better than anybody else on the planet so that you can do your work, which is probably in a lot of cases, caring for other people around us, our families and our children yeah. and our husbands and, and our you know wives in those cases. But um, you know, and, and that you have to ask yourself every time you eat or ingest anything, is this beneficial to me? Is this going to help me be stronger or benefit me in some way? Even, you know, in the case of a glass of wine, which I don't drink, but if, you know, someone needs that to fill a moment in time where they're just relieved of the stress in the moment and it's not an unhealthy thing. I mean, so you would say the stress is killing me. Um, the relaxation would be healthier for me. This will benefit me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. even in, 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 I just think in every situation, whatever it is, make the best food choices, all the best sourcing of food. And that was one thing I thought of earlier when my kids were little and we read all the ingredients lists, that was a different grocery store. The grocery store now that I use, the natural grocers, they don't even carry anything with MSG or any of the neurotoxins or excitotoxins or, you know, any of the toxic uh, foods that I wouldn't want my family to eat. They're not even on the shelves there. So I think it's really awesome for wherever people are. I don't know what grocery stores y'all have, but, you know, there are, I'm sure, local stores that you can trust what's on the shelf. So you don't have to go through all the trouble that saves time for people like us that are trying to plan, um, just find places where your food is properly sourced and you trust it. And then that takes, you know, that carves some time off of your schedule mm -hmm. to go to the next thing.
Well, this was great. That was a lot of good information. So another great chat. Thank you so much for being here again today. Well, I hope it was. We had fun no matter what, right? We Absolutely, we did. Yes, and covered a lot. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.